It's 8.35, here's uh, Cameron Skirving with you on The Breakfast Show uh, through till 10 and uh, it's Wednesday and right now we've got Dr Andrew Corbett once again with us with another Wednesday morning discussion. Hello Andrew. Good morning Cameron, great to be with you and again we are so blessed. Beautiful weather, we're looking out of the studio here at blazing blue sky, delightful day, we're, we're out of summer and who would know? Just absolutely gorgeous, exactly. Cameron. Exactly. So here, here we are looking at some of the situations that are confronting us as a state, as a city, and we certainly do have some extremely pressing issues. One of the things that I'm noticing in people is life has become very complex, and we, we have people who really feel the pressure of this complexity of life and more and more people that I'm dealing with, Cameron, and I'm sure that you're aware of people in your world too, are feeling overwhelmed, overwhelmed by the problems they're facing. I mean, we have problems that years ago people never had, and we, we not only have this, we have people who are quite young experiencing a sense of just being really overwhelmed. I was talking with someone yesterday morning at the pastor's breakfast in Launceston and we were talking about options you know when I grew up you could be a, a fireman policeman or work at the Ford factory that was about it that were your three options in life I mean yes. obviously there were more but but just just to boil it down today you ask a child what do you want to do when you grow up what what and and they and they will almost invariably say I don't know and the reason they don't know is because they don't just have three options they have 3,000 options they have so many options and and the reality is what our children will be doing when they graduate from school those jobs haven't even been invented yet so no wonder they they are confused about their future no wonder they feel the pressure of you know, people from previous generations saying, well, you know, gosh, you're at that age now where you should be deciding what you want to do with your life. And and that age might be mid-teens or it could be 35. I mean, I, I'm now meeting people who are in their 30s and they still don't know, looking across my microphone at <laughs> someone in their 30s. <laughs> uh, Cameron, I'm sure you've got colleagues your own age who still are trying to, oh, quote-unquote, yeah. yeah. find themselves, find yeah. their place in the world. Absolutely. So life, life can at times overwhelm us. And then, of course, we've got the complexity of relationships where, you know, it used to be, and, and you may have to cast your mind way, way back, it used to be that a relationship was formed when you met someone, spent time with them, talked with them, listened to them, got to know them. Now, I may be a bit nostalgic there, Cameron, because that's uh, not how relationships happen now. No, no, definitely not. Relationships often start over, I'm guessing, Facebook, chat, something or other. And so we've got, we've got this whole other complexity to relationships What's really curious is that we're we're living you know in this so-called connected world with so many disconnected people and this can overwhelm people you actually end up with people living in this connected world overwhelmed by loneliness so this problem 
of being overwhelmed causes people to see life and the problems they face as actually far worse than it actually is. I remember hearing the story of Bobby Lim. You probably never even heard of no, Bobby I've, Lim. I know Bobby Lim. I did watch Young Talentine, okay. yes. Bobby Lim, former... For those who are of a generation, they'll know that Bobby Lim was in the entertainment world, a very high-profile Australian entertainer. And and Bobby Lim was under a lot of pressure. He was in the public eye and and there was a lot of things going on. And he, he had a breakdown and he, he, he went off the grid, so to speak, for quite a while and and, I, and came out of that season a, a changed man. He, he he was irreligious, I think, by his own admission. He was a part of the the just the entertainment scene and all that went with it. But he went through a crisis in his life that he describes as a breakdown. And what happened was he was just increasingly being overwhelmed with the public attention, the demands on his time, the requirements that he had to live up to, being, you know, in several places almost at once and all of this was was beginning to overwhelm him and he said that he went out to his garden just to try and breathe and and as strange as that sounds i'm sure that there are people who have a sense of being overwhelmed but at times by the problems they're facing and they might relate to what bobby lim went through he says he went out into his garden just to try and clear his head just to try and breathe and he he, he saw a a rose he he went up to the rose bush and he admired the rose he just put his hand out and lightly touched the rose and he said as he did a petal from the rose fell off as he was right up close to it and it it landed on his nose and he said at that he burst into tears and he said that was the beginning of his breakdown and and the point that he says is a rose petal is nothing. It's it's of no consequence. But when everything else in your world seems to be falling apart and everything else is telling you you're not good enough and you're not coping, that rose petal became the last straw. And it was that rose petal that started his reevaluation of life. As a result of that, Bobby Lim turned to Jesus Christ, he became a Christian, and he was a changed man. I, I, there's a little bit more I want to say about that aspect, but let's let's just note this: when you're overwhelmed, every problem you face, as inconsequential sometimes as a a rose petal, seems worse than it actually is. It seems bigger. It seems worse. It seems more difficult than it actually is. So that's so that's really important to understand. And I and I've met with people who have said, you know, I I've I've gone through these seasons of breakdown. I now recognise that it wasn't my perspective was was distorted. I now recognise those feelings. I recognise when when it starts to get dark. When I start to get negative. I start to get run down. I begin to see the world far worse than it actually is. And I have to tell myself, it's not this bad. 
And with that, they're, they're learning how to cope. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. When you're, when you're overwhelmed, you, you have a tendency to do one of three things. And the first two sound very similar. One is you can tend to rush. Sometimes the, the, the truth of problems, as we'll come to in a moment, is that they, they invite action. And, and knowing that, when we're overwhelmed with problems, for some people, the tendency is to rush into action, to do the first thing that comes into your head, say the first thing that comes into your head. And I've discovered in life, Cameron, one of the most dangerous things to do, and you're on radio, you would know this, don't say the first thing that comes into your head. Uh, <laughs> I knew that before I started here, mate. <laughs> well, some of us like me have had to go down a, a longer path to come to that realization you, the, the times when you, you just say something because it pops into your head and then you realize oh what on why did i say that and so when you're when you're overwhelmed and i've noticed this that i can be in a meeting where there's a lot of pressure so we could i'm on several boards and and we have big challenges I'm on national boards, state boards, local boards, and and sometimes the the I see this the the pressure to solve these problems is so great. Someone will say something utterly foolish, and and they say it to be funny, but I realise it's at that it's at that point it's a measure of capacity. And when you're overwhelmed, oftentimes our capacity shrinks. We 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 end up doing. These sorts of things. Number one, we, we, we just rush. We just say the first thing, do the first thing, and invariably it comes back to bite us. Secondly, and it sounds similar, hasty. We become hasty. So if the first thing is rushing to a decision, the, the, sorry, rushing to an action, the, the, the hasty is where you make decisions, you, you decide to do things that are just hasty you've been hasty in your decision. For example, someone's overwhelmed by the death of their spouse and now they've got this big house and gardens to maintain and a real estate agent comes along and says, look, I could sell your house for X. And you just and you think, oh man, then I wouldn't have the hassle of having to list, have open homes, have people traipsing through my house. I could have be just be done with it all i wouldn't have to look after the gardens wouldn't have to worry about rates etc etc and you go okay sell it and the problem is x might not be the value of your house your house might be worth 3x or 2x or whatever it is and so that hasty decision could cost you dearly in in ways that right now you may not see so when you're when you're overwhelmed you tend to rush or or and or you tend to be hasty and then the third option might sound like i'm contradicting the first two but people when they're overwhelmed procrastinate something you know as much as rushing is bad and being hasty is bad procrastinating is just as bad so every problem calls for an action but when we rush that action, when we make a 
hasty decision. We we could think, oh, I'm not going to I'm not going to make a a, a rushed dis- action. I'm not going to make a hasty decision. I'm just, I'm not going to do anything. And and that's not appropriate either because that will actually add to the sense of over. And then what happens when you procrastinate? Cameron, I've been there. I know what procrastination does to a person. Those those problems that you're you're hiding from, you're not wanting to deal with, you're not wanting to face, they grow. They get bigger and harder and more difficult because you're procrastinating. People that you need to talk to, you don't want to talk to, you procrastinate. And when you procrastinate, as we've all found, it's amazing how many other things come up that just have to be done. Which Oh, sorry, I meant to get to that. I couldn't because I had to, you know, fill in the blanks. We can always find something to justify why we haven't done what we should have done. Cameron, let's come back after this first music break. And I want to thank our listeners. Just wonderful support over the last couple of weeks in helping us to continue to reach out with air cover around Tasmania and around northern Tasmania in particular. Thank you very much. We continue to appreciate your help. We're a listener-supported station. You can do that online at yfm.org.au slash donate or give us a call at the station. And we deeply appreciate your help. I'll be back after this music break. We'll continue to talk. If you're overwhelmed, do this. Great. Excellent. Let's uh, go back to some music shortly. We've got some Rebecca St. James for you after this. It's 8.49. You're tuned to YFM, and that's uh, yeah, a song from Rebecca St. James called Don't Worry. And um, if you are overwhelmed at the moment, then uh, don't worry. This discussion that we're having with Dr. Andrew Corbett today is definitely for you. And um, so far, we've had uh, quite a good uh, bit of feedback about yeah, the talk so feedback, far. Yeah, we're getting feedback, people commenting. And, and you can do that too via our, our Twitter feed. You can find us at YFM Taz or uh, my own personal one, Dr. Andrew C. You can find me on Twitter. Appreciate, always appreciate the feedback that we get from people and people are texting in and putting comments on Twitter and Facebook about this morning's discussion. And of course, we have people listening, not just by just how many people give us feedback and are listening. It's greatly appreciated. And this morning, we're, we're talking about if you're overwhelmed, do this and we've just noted that when you feel overwhelmed everything seems worse it it just seems worse and and it, and there and, and even rationally when you think it through you know your child coming up to you saying you know tie my shoelace up that that as strange as it sounds that can actually tip someone over the edge and you think well, but it's just a shoelace it's like it's just a shoelace and my child has every you know reasonable right to appreciate the fact that I can tie the shoelace up for them and they're not in a position to do that. And and this is this is what happens when it, it's obviously it's not about the shoelace and it's not about your child. And I think this is also one of the things that is worth noting when you're dealing with someone who just seems to be cranky all the time. It could be that they tell you you're the problem and, and rarely, very rarely are you actually the problem and this is i've discovered this that through throughout life and as a pastor and, and i'm sure my pastoral colleagues will identify with this oftentimes um, people take it out on pastors because we tend to be more more inclined to listen to people we tend to be more inclined to show some sympathy and and we tend to try to help and a part of that can mean that people often will take it out on the pastor and blame the pastor for whatever. 
when in fact it's just all a part of their story that right now they're feeling overwhelmed and so i think if you've got a friend who who's telling you that you're the problem and you know if only you would help more or this out of the other or if you would do this or you would do that just be aware it's probably it almost certainly you're not the problem for them there's stuff going on in their life now let's put the shoe on the other foot what if what if you're going yeah i'm actually doing that to people I'm becoming overly demanding of people. I'm cr- highly critical. I'm, I'm, I, I'm in that zone. What do you do? Well, we've mentioned a couple of things to watch out for. Firstly, don't don't rush. Don't rush into action. Secondly, don't make hasty decisions. And thirdly, don't procrastinate. Just as just as bad as well. Just as it's going to make the problem worse. All right. Here's here's something I've already stated, but I need to restate it again because. Sometimes I think these things are obvious and then I discover that they're not obvious to people. And here it is. Every problem that overwhelms us requires an action to solve it. Now, I really do need to explain that, Cameron, because when you're faced with problems, sometimes what people do is they list down all the problems. Either mentally they rehearse it, they just go through their through their head. These are the problems that I'm I'm dealing with when in fact I, I want to suggest this that it's not your problems that you should be focusing on when you're overwhelmed because not all problems are created equal I don't know if you've realized that Cameron but you have small problems yep like me and yep. then you have big problems like you and <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. But not all problems are created equal. There are some problems that are urgent but not important. There are some important problems that are not urgent. There are some what we call leader problems that have several following problems what that means is you know you, you could be out in, the, in a rescue boat uh sorry a lifeboat out in the middle of the ocean and suddenly you've got a problem the problem is your feet are wet and it's like oh that's, that's not good <laughs> so you know and then suddenly you notice that that the that the the uh the the maps in your in your lifeboat are getting wet and so now you've got two problems your feet are wet the maps are getting wet then then you notice that the the food that you've got the fruit and vegetables sitting in there to keep you alive for the next you know few weeks as you bob up and down in the ocean in your in your life raft uh, are also getting wet so now you've got three problems and you can see those actually aren't the problems the problem is you've probably got a leak I mean, not that you've yeah. got two yeah. leak, not a verb. Yeah. I mean, a, a noun. You, you, you've got you've got a leak oh, in your no. boat. Oh, no. So, in other words, the leak in the boat is the leading problem. That's the leading problem, and it has several following problems: the wet feet, the wet map, the wet food. And sometimes, when you solve the leading problem, there's a whole sequence of other problems that automatically get solved. But it's, it's sometimes difficult to identify the difference when you're overwhelmed because when you're overwhelmed, it feels like you've got three problems, wet feet, wet mat, wet food, when in fact you've really only got one problem, that is your boat's leaking. And you, you could come, you, you could look at the solutions. The solutions could be, well, I, I can, I can, I've got a, an, an egg cup, I could start bailing out my life boat and you realise 
that yeah oh, well yeah i suppose you, you, an egg cup yeah okay but you're going to be really battling to solve it Cameron, let's come back after the nine o'clock news and we're going to continue to look at overwhelmed do this As we said before, what a beautiful start to the day here in uh, Launceston. I hope you're enjoying the sunshine uh, in some capacity uh, at the moment, whether you're uh, just looking out the window or uh, just taking your brekkie outside. It's a, it's a lovely start to the day. The weather forecast for today is uh, partly cloudy with medium chance of showers most likely this evening. Winds northwesterly 20 to 30 kilometres an hour, increasing to 30 to 45 kilometres an hour in the morning and a top of 22. You have noticed uh, a real reduction in temperatures already as autumn is, uh, is upon us. Possible late shower to no tomorrow, 10 to 18, partly cloudy with a slight chance of a shower. Friday, 11 to 22, and again a possible shower in on Saturday, 14 to 24 degrees. Currently in town, 16 degrees out there at the moment, so it's not cold as far as the start of the day is concerned. Here at YFM, we're in uh, a, uh, another Wednesday morning discussion with Dr. Andrew Corbett about uh, being overwhelmed. And uh, we've had another positive feedback this morning from Jess, who's uh, really enjoying uh, uh, the uh, the actual uh, discussion this morning as she's been overwhelmed by some stuff as well. So, oh, that's great. That's great. Well, it's it's... Look, we, we are all subject to this. This is not a, a matter of some will be and some won't be. We all will be at times. And so... When when you're overwhelmed, we've mentioned every problem seems equal, and they're not. You, you have to figure out what are the leading problems or the leader problems that actually have following problems. We mentioned the leaking boat. The leaking boat is actually the leader problem. The fact that there's water in the boat, that you've now got wet feet, wet map, wet food. Though it seems like you know, you're overwhelmed by three problems when in fact you're really, it's just one problem. And sometimes people say things like this, extraordinary problems require extraordinary solutions. And my answer to that is, no, they don't. Extraordinary problems just require a solution. It doesn't need to be extraordinary. In fact, sometimes it, it, it is as simple as put a bung in the hole in the boat. And so sometimes we we make, because we, we just can't see Bec the real problem because well hey hang on a minute my feet are wet the map's wet the food's getting wet in this lifeboat and that becomes the, your focus when when if you go up what we call upstream you realize hey if i solve this i'll solve these problems so a husband who has who's over who's in increasingly overwhelmed because his wife is is you know becoming more depressed and distant and shutting down uh, physically in intimacy with him goes to work and he's feeling that pressure and, 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 and then his work performance drops and then it strains relationships at work and then you know he's, he, he takes shortcuts at work and things get worse he gets put on you know warning and all this sort of stuff and it feels to him like he's now got six different problems that he's facing his work performance and the relationships at work and he's now on notice at work and all this sort of stuff and his wife at home and all this and it's all overwhelming when in fact what he's really got is a, is a leak in the boat and the leak in the boat is his wife is probably trying to tell him something and it could be that the wife is trying to tell him i i need you 
I need you to listen to me. I need you to see me. I, I need you to, to appreciate what I'm going through. And you trivialize. For me, the, the biggest challenges I face, and again, for, the, for a wife in that situation, it could feel like feet are wet, food's wet, map's wet, these are my problems. But in fact, the leak in the boat is simply this. You're not feeling valued for your role. And, and that's where a wise husband will recognize your wife doesn't have three or four problems. She just has one problem. There's a leak in the boat. Fix the leak. And you solve all these other problems. You don't have six problems. You just have one problem, and that is your relationship with your wife. Solve that one, and you actually solve, you know, add up the problems, nine problems at once. Uh, many times in my role as a pastor, I'm involved in marriage counseling, and sometimes I'll have a husband in that situation. When, when things get really bad, he'll say, look, I'm going to send my wife to you for marriage counseling. She's really messed up. And I think, hang on, I'm thinking, remember, don't say the first thing that comes into your head. I'm thinking, hang on a minute, this is a marriage issue and you're going to send her to me, you know, or the wife will say, I think we need marriage counseling. And he'll say, I don't, but you do. So you go and you go and get help because I'm fine. And and you just you just think oh my goodness, uh, look. Sometimes you have to have someone who's able to see the forest for the trees, because when you're in the thick of your nine problems, you can only see trees. You can't actually see. Hang on a minute. You realise there's a, a leak, a one leak. It's one leak in your boat, and it looks like this. If if you came home and helped your wife with the kids, with the evening meal take some of the pressure off her, ask her how her day was, look her in the eye, try and see into her heart how she's feeling, validate her, be her sounding board, and and show some genuine care and really listen. You probably find you're going to your nine problems dissolve. And and it's like Bobby Lim's rose petal. It, it it the a rose petal falling on your nose is good grief. Inconsequential. But when everything else seems to be going wrong, it's the end of the world. It's just, oh man, everything in my life is going bad. And so when you're overwhelmed, you've got to identify the types of problems that you're facing. And here's here's the, the, the thing you need to understand. Don't focus on the problems. Focus on the actions they require. So the actions they require could be, let's come back to our lifeboat situation, you've got an egg cup. I've I've mentioned you could use that egg cup and start bailing out the boat. And in one sense, it it seems like you're addressing your three problems, wet feet, wet mat, wet food. But really, it's a lot of effort. And and, And this tends to overwhelm you again because just as fast as you're bailing your boat out with the egg cup, water's filling into that boat faster than you're bailing out. And so you, so that adds to the sense of over, being overwhelmed. But all, all it means is you're actually addressing the, the wrong problems. Or sorry, should I say, I, I haven't said that well. You're actually identifying problems of lesser priority. And you need to find the higher priority problems. This is why I say not all problems are created equal. You have important problems and you have urgent problems. And sometimes the important problems are very quiet. 
They don't scream for your attention. Urgent problems are nearly always little and they're small and and they scream for attention. You see this all the time in shops. You know, there you are, you're being served by the shop assistant and the phone rings and and they say, oh, hang on a minute, I'll just go and answer that. I'm thinking, hang on, it's probably a customer. I'm a customer. (laughs) I've actually got cash in my wallet. I want to buy this thing. This is a sale you've just walked away from to take an, an an urgent thing because it's got a ringing sound to it. You almost it always makes you feel like breaking out your mobile phone and ringing that shop attendant up <laughs> just to get their attention again. Mm. And, and and take that metaphor into life. There's lots of problems in life that have have bells to them. They ring. They 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 demand your attention when in fact you're you, you're often staring at the solution. That's an important thing to deal with, and you walk away from it. Husbands need to recognize this, that their wife is nearly always going to be important rather than urgent. Wives, by the way, need to recognize that about their husbands too. And identifying the difference between important and urgent will help you navigate out of the fog of being overwhelmed recognizing that every problem requires an action then should lead to this it should lead you to develop what's called a to-do list a to-do list and that to-do list is an action list it's not just a list of things you'd like to do this is actually an an action to-do list so this action to-do list helps you to see what's important now i do this every monday morning cameron right now on my list i have 20 to do things that will solve problems i'm facing so these so these things i can then look at and go okay that's that's a hole in the boat problem <laughs> that's a wet feet problem that's a that's a wet mat pro- you know and I, I can go okay i can solve the wet feet wet mat problem if i do this hole in the boat problem first and this is the action it requires so you can imagine problem hole in the boat action bung up the hole put a put a plug in the hole and and i'll solve this Uh, another thing too is i I could be out in the middle of the ocean thinking you know gee i haven't put any air in my boat for a little while i should put that down on the action to-do list so that i'm actually preventing myself from being overwhelmed in in the foreseeable future all right so one of the things you do and i i i do this on a slip of paper it's about five i haven't got it on me right now but it's i was going to pull it out and show you but it's it's about five centimeters wide and it's about 15 centimeters long and it's actually a a, a with compliments slip i use these with compliment slips and the reason i do that is because i can fold them up put them in my pocket Mm. and and i I then uh, take a different color pen and I draw a line through it. And what that does at the end of the week, it actually gives me a sense of, you know, I had these problems, I've dealt with these problems, and I look at it and go, I've solved it. You know, Cameron, I've got problems. You may think, duh, that's pretty obvious. You've got problems. <laughs> got, oh, I wasn't going to say that. Anyone's got issues. It's you. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're for example, we're... we're I'm I'm a part of the organising committee for the Launceston Easter Community Festival, and we really want to give Launceston a gift. 
And this is this is just going to be huge. This festival is going to be huge. We confirmed this week our third keynote speaker for the event, Professor Fred Watson, who is often seen on the project, and he is the chief astronomer uh, of Australia. He's the the astronomer in charge of the Australian Observatory in Coonabarabran. He's also the federal government's science ambassador. And he's, I think he's uh, AM or OAM, so he's a highly distinguished scientist, and he's agreed. He's actually flying in from England, getting off the plane, jumping on a plane from uh, Sydney to come down to speak uh, at our Good Friday event at the Albert Hall on April 3rd. We're going to have uh, Ken Duncan, OAM. We're going to have Fred Watson, uh, Excuse me, I'll, I'll say OAM, but he could be AM, I'm not sure. And He's not PM then. Uh, not PM. And then we're going Sorry. to have um, Professor Tim McCormack, who is the Melbourne University Professor of Law. The, these are three high-caliber people who are going to present a, a, an amazing case from... from different aspects of, you know, the the festival is a celebration of art, music and thought. And these speakers have have been quite challenging because of their schedules and and quite frankly the the, the cost that these people are high caliber international people. And we we on the committee have, have had some challenges. We've we've been at times quite literally overwhelmed with how much we're going to have to come up with to pull this off and so it's a huge step of faith for us we're we're believing we can break the record that we set last year for a christian gathering at the albert hall uh we nearly beat john cleese without with our um 994. I think he had 1100. Oh, okay. Yeah, you so did he, say that. Yeah. He, he. I think he. So he. So this year we want to beat John. The record set by John Cleese. So we're hoping that we can get close to 1200 people in the Albert Hall. But one, you know, this is a problem that overwhelms us, and we have to think through. Okay, we've got to get the message out. We've got to really do this. So when we talk about being overwhelmed by things, it's, this is not just theory for me. This is, this is something that I'm living out all the time and when i say to you make an action list a to-do list this is something i know i do this this is not pie in the sky stuff 